As there's a drive in a deep left field by Castellanos, it will be. Oh man, it's eight o'clock. And so that'll make it a. I don't need the spotlight. I shine just fine. Hi, I'm Karma, and yes, I am a bitch. Brav Bros. Good evening, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Brav Bros, your favorite podcast from the bros for everybody, for whoever wants to listen. I am your co-host, Steel Russell, joined as always by the one and only Bootin' Scootin' McGee. What's up, dude? The boys are run down. Well, <laughs> I mean, you're a little run down. I was sick, and whenever I'm sick, I always apply that to everybody else. That's fair. I do the same thing when I'm hungover, though. Like, if I drive past a bunch of people, and they're all, like, smiling, having a good time, like, fuck are you happy about? <laughs> What's going on here? <laughs> I know because you take it out on me. I, I always know when you're hungover because I'll text you. We usually check in in the morning because there's usually emails and shit. So I'll hit up Shooter after, like on a Sunday morning maybe or if he has a Monday off. That's the worst. Oof. I, yeah. Football I, season too? Yeah. Whoa. I get a text back and it's so snarky and it's like, do you think I read the email before 10 a.m.? It's like, what the fuck? I just asked you a question and I'll reply the same way every time. It's not my fault that you're hungover. Answer the question. And then he lightens up after that. Nothing to smile about in my life, pal. <laughs> so fuck everything <laughs> and everybody. No, uh, but you know what? Nothing could keep us down because we need to talk about Soho. Soho finale. And we're leading into the reunion. So it's a good way to tease the reunion a little bit. We got that coming out. Well, this episode will be out in the morning and you get to listen to this and it'll bring you right into the reunion. And that yep. is how we draw it up here. Yeah, that's how we drew up the play. <laughs> At Prof Bros LLC. That's where we are. <laughs> what the fuck? Yeah, we actually had a really special episode planned, and Bravo gave us the the kibosh until next week. Um, we had some Southern hospitality peeps that wanted to chat with us, um, so we're looking into doing that hopefully soon. Uh, Bravo just wanted it after the reunion, which makes sense, but you know, doesn't make sense. It would have been it's cool stupid. if we didn't have to wait. I don't. I will never understand that because it's just publicity. Right? There are a lot of people that listen to our show that maybe they don't watch Soho or maybe. They kind of tune in, tune out, whatever, but they like to listen to us. If they allowed their people on the show, maybe it would drum up some interest. Especially for a new show, right? Yeah, I, I think. I don't know. Yeah, that's bad, interesting. bad business. That's a good. <laughs> that's a good point, though. Like for a newer show, you'd think they'd want to have as much publicity leading up to their first reunion. This is their first reunion. They didn't have one last year, so it's a big deal. And their finale was fantastic. The season overall was great. So if you haven't jumped into this show. Let me walk you through this scenario, all right? <laughs> okay. Not you, the listeners. No, I know. I, I just so don't know don't interrupt. Do. You're interrupting the listeners now. Now you're just being rude, okay? Just sit over there and shut up for a second. Interrupting cow. Moo. Moo. Ah, I got you. <laughs> so anyway, I'm always on, baby. Always on. Here's the scenario I want to walk you through. You're going to need to go back and watch season one if you haven't. Now, it will get a little slow in the beginning. It takes a little bit to catch on, but once it starts going, I think it's what, like the third or fourth episode, you kind of get the temperature of the show. Yeah, just about that. And then about like, once you get there, it's easy watching, easy watching. And then once you get to season two, they did a fantastic job this year with, there wasn't a whole lot of overproduction. They just got to film these kids being kids. And like, that's the best part is you're seeing, you know, these people in their mid twenties to late twenties, and they're in that space that we saw a lot of the Vanderpump cast when they were at Sir starting out. They're trying to figure out what they want to do with their lives. They're having a lot of these crossroads within the friend group, within their personal lives, within their private lives. There's so much going on here that's all genuine, and it's kind of what made you sink your teeth into like a VPR. This is why we were so captivated by that show. 
I am not saying that this is early Vanderpump reincarnate, but I'm saying it has a lot of the same vibes and it is very enjoyable to watch. It's a great cast. We are not paid by Soho. We, I promise you that. We just jumped into this show early because we were new to the Bravo game as well. It was good timing. It's great TV. So that's my plug for this show. If you have not given it a try, please give it a try and stick it out to at least episode four. Finish episode four, season one, before you quit on it because you're going to want to watch season two. I have a feeling the reunion is going to make some headlines. Yeah, you're probably going to hate most of the people on the show in the first couple episodes. You will. Until I mean, you, yeah. I remember we did. We, we were did. very confused by a lot of things, but you warm up to them. And the biggest thing about this show, I would say, because just the normal, I guess, kind of where Bravo is going with all their other shows. You can call out all of the overproduction, all of the forced situations and friendships and whatever. This doesn't really have any of that. It seems organic, and it's one of those shows that's just fun to watch. Just leave it on in the background. You can tune in, tune out. Not everything is super heavy. There's not a ton of conversations that really make you think about life and all that other thing, all, all the other bullshit that you don't want to think about yeah, when you're like watching. Life. Yeah, nobody wants to think about life when they're watching TV. Like That's, that's the last true. thing I want to do. That's actually really true. So that's one of those shows where you can just tune in, have a little bit of fun, tune out, and enjoy it. But we're going to walk you through everything from the finale in just a moment because I have oh, yeah. <laughs> a good thing to talk about. Is it a good thing or is it a good like Oh uh, no, it's just a continuing topic that we just bring up oh, probably two or three times a month. Nice. Let's let's get into it. Did you see they're making a movie about each individual beetle? What? Yep. Sam Mendez is directing <laughs> four separate movies. One about John, one about Paul, one about Ringo, and I don't remember who the third one is. Fourth one? I don't know. I can't remember right now. Brain fart. What do you want from me? Ringo. Ringo, uh, John, Paul. Paul. And George Harrison. George Harrison. Yeah. yeah. Oof, so there's going to be four. Be bad <laughs> if get the Beatles. Now it's really bad. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so they're going to make four individual movies. Do you think they're going to get into the Illuminati with John? I was going to ask you, do you think the Illuminati funded this, this biopic? Is it going to be Illuminati propaganda? Yes. Okay. Well, think of it this way. Discussion over. <laughs> think of it this way. Put your hands like, like this. You know the Diamond Tour, Kanye West? Okay, yeah. How many points are there? I guess four on a diamond, yeah. Yeah. Confused. Yeah, how many movies are there? Four. How many Beatles are there? Four. Whoa. I'm just saying, guys. I honestly, I think Connected I'm going to skip. I'm going to skip the first three and then watch just Ringo. I hope Ringo is the first one. I think Ringo needs his flowers. It's time. It's time. time. Yeah, it's it's got to be hard being the other Beatle. Dude, no, it's it's definitely not. You don't think he gets all of the know, money I and like I I some of the fame, fame when he's with the group, shit. but then he gets to go live his life and not get recognized that often? Oh, that's actually a good point. Maybe he that's made a dream. Out the yeah. Well, definitely better than. <laughs> <laughs> well, now let's get to Southern hospitality. <laughs> but before we get into the Soho of it all, a quick reminder make sure you get your tickets to our live shows coming up. We got one very soon, I think it's less than two weeks away. City Winery in Philadelphia, March 6th. It's a Wednesday night, and we made a huge push this last week. We sold a bunch of tickets, so there's not a whole lot left. Make sure you go get those tickets so you don't miss out. Come hang out with us. It's going to be a great time. It's where it all started. And then where's the next one? The next one will be in D.C. at Union Stage on May 3rd. That's a Friday night. That's a Friday night. We got our fri- first Friday. First Friday. First that is Friday. the first Friday of the month, too. Weird. Ooh. Coincidence? Hey, now. Beatles? And then <laughs> our next one is June 14th, and that is in Baston, and that is at the City Winery, but that is a smaller venue. It's only 70 seats, so if you do not have your tickets 
make sure you go get them sooner than later. Don't wait on that one so you don't miss out. It's literally 70. That's There's no more than that. So get your tickets. Come hang out with the bros. If you're going to Philly, make sure you get them soon. We're almost sold out. But let's move on to some Soho. But let's get into it because this was a delightful finale. We've had some good finales this year and we've had some clunkers. But I'm glad that this one landed. I'm glad they were able to bring it home. And I think that was in large part due to I think we need to give flowers at the beginning of the episode for Bradley. Because Brad brought his A game this season and he is the driving force behind the Sammy thing. And I, I'm not saying that it was all scripted. I'm not saying that he saw his opportunity and took it. I did see an opportunity. He did see an opportunity at the end in the finale. And he's like, mm, I'm bringing Sammy to this. <laughs> Hell yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Great. Yeah. Just a great move. Great season. We, I think we're going to have to do like a list of our MVP rankings at some point during this episode. Well, we could do it during the reunion too. We could do that. That Maybe. probably makes more How sense. How many parts are there? Just one? Uh, I don't know. Probably. God, I hope there's just one and it's just great. It just needs to be one and I just know. make it a banger so people can watch it and get into the show. Yep. You don't I need to make it longer that. than that. Draw it out. Do not. But we start out with a painful intro from Maddie. I think she thinks a lot more people are on her team than they are. I also realized that Bravo probably wrote this and had her read it. So I don't want to give her too much shit for it. But given the, the season, not just the episode, the, the full on season, have we had a good Maddie episode this year? No, not that I can remember now. I mean, we've been giving her a little bit of grace saying Trevor and the relationship have her in like a toxic state of mind and she's doing things that she wouldn't normally do. And we enjoyed her in the first season, those types of things. That's where we stood for the most part. But no, she didn't really do anything that made me think. Okay, you know, she's got something going here for the, at least for the entire season. No, I didn't see anything. Yeah, no, you can't just live on delusion and and saying lines such as, I'm the bitch that runs the bitch. Well, we see no evidence of that. I'm the bitch that always fights. That, okay. I see evidence of that. For what, though? Like, you can be a fighter and fight for the wrong thing. Self-image, probably. Really? That's it? That's what she's fighting for is self-image because she looks like shit when she's fighting. Like, that's making her look way worse than anything else. Maybe so not who, to her. Who's watching that and going to her? Oh, so it's all just like... I don't know. Girlfriends that have been cheated on that are like, I'm, like, I get you. I don't. I have no idea. I, I don't know. It's just like... And I think the toughest part is watching... You know, it's similar to like my feelings of watching Heather Gay go from season two to then season three. If we take it to like a Salt Lake comparison where she was so funny and fun season two and then season three out of nowhere, I was like, what the, who are you? This isn't fun at all. With Maddie, she was like the center of attention last year. She was, she was really nice to everybody. She had a good time with everybody. Like that was really fun to watch. And then you get this other side of her this year. And again, I think that you are correct. I think a lot of this is Actually, no, I'm going to just flat out say all of this is Trevor-centric. Yeah, it definitely is. I, I think you can still say that. However, in this episode alone, she took it too far. Wait so too far. it went from a, okay, I can feel a little bit sorry for you because we see what you're going through with the whole Trevor thing and he's warped your mind. Once you take it to the level that she took it to in this episode, now all of a sudden I don't feel sorry for you anymore. No, I don't either. You've, you've done things on your own now. You're not being defensive. You're, you're on the offense, which is. is crazy. It is. And like, I would get it if you were actually the woman scorned here, but like, now you're just being flat out mean to this girl that got caught up in your nonsense because of your shitty boyfriend. Like, he says on the phone, was I being inappropriate? Yeah, but like, did we make out? Like, try to force a confession out of her. And 
that sentence right there, I'm sure, got glossed over by Maddie. All she heard was, you didn't make out, and she didn't even really confirm that. It was just all bizarre, but let's get into the episode. We're back at Republic, and Emmy just got the AGM promotion, and it was just announced to everybody there, and we're still getting the backlash from Joe Bradley, and Maddie seems to have actually settled in because her job is still safe, and right. I think she's also trying to save face. Like, oh, I didn't want that job. I just wanted my job, and I want Emmy to take my job, but... She's at least being much cooler about it and even saying, like, Joe needs to chill out. Joe's handling this, like, absolute shit. Yeah. Like, it's a tough watch. When your boy, O'Sheen, is telling you, like, you need to be happy for Emmy, like, this is a bad look for you. Twice. 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 And look, and in a confessional. And look, tough start. When they didn't have O'Sheen, like, center of attention, I really don't mind him. I enjoyed him. I really did. I thought he was fine. I, really I thought did. that he... Even him towards the end where he's just outside in his Speedo out there yelling inside, just complimenting people's dresses and I stuff. I think it's just him. He's fine. Like that, that's, that's the perfect role for him is yeah. he's there's a layer of glass between us and Oshin. Yeah. Like we don't need him on the beach being hammered, yelling at people. We need him just, you know, in the next room over yeah. saying things over to us. Line. Yeah, that's was, all we need. It was nice to see him like be able to check Joe and be like, no, no, like this is wrong. Agreed. That was good. So different sides to Oshin. Nice season. Let's see, we love to see progressions love here. Love progressions. <laughs> love. Hey, we love a good progression here. Okay. Let me just sure do. hammer that home. Are you breaking out the sexy voice? <laughs> you talk I usually to? say that for the close talk, Mike. Yeah. No, no. But um, anyway, this forces a conversation between Joe and Leva and the GM and this is where, like, I know last week you said, you know, it's office drama. It's funny. It's this and that. Like, did she deserve the promotion over Joe? Blah, blah, blah. And my defense was, regardless, it doesn't matter. It is what it is. That's what this moment is exactly. Because yeah. Joe is now talking to Leva, the owner, and the general manager who runs everything. You cannot talk to them this way. I was baffled. Like, honestly baffled. And I was surprised. I was waiting for Leva to rip his head off. I think she was being sympathetic because she understood the situation a little bit. And I also think that everybody's a little worried about Joe, and rightfully so. But this scene was tough, because he's like, well, she's not my boss. I'm not going to let her talk to me like she's my boss. The GM's rolling his eyes like, dude, you need to shut the fuck up. Like, owner, love is the owner. You're telling her that she's not running her business well because she didn't promote you. That's a big mistake, and this is also proving a point. It's proving a point, and we also didn't know that Joe wanted that job to begin with. I thought Joe was happy with this he job. Said, he said 15 times, I wouldn't even take that job. <laughs> so who cares, dude? I, it's like, I think it's really, it's just the issue, like, it's a principal issue with him. He feels like he brought Emmy in, and Emmy's his little sister, and now all of a sudden she's above him. And it happened very quickly. It did happen quickly, and that is a whirlwind. You're allowed to be upset. You're allowed to be jealous if you want to. And you're even allowed to bitch to other coworkers. That's okay, because that was still funny last week watching that. It's when you talk to the GM, it's when you talk to Leva, and you tell them specifically that they're doing their job wrong. That's when it's like, all right, dude, like, sit the fuck down. Everybody else has told you now, relax. Yep. You have O'Sheen back there telling you to relax. You're not listening to anybody's input. You're going over to Leva and now talking about it. The fact that Leva didn't sit him down right then and there and say, you need to go home right now because yeah. this is bad for business if you're just going to be walking around and complaining to everybody. Yeah, but it's also good for business. And she knows, well, it, she knows it's two different a finale. Businesses. I know. That's, knows it's a finale. And you know what? I guess in the grand scheme of things, it's not that big of a deal because he was still doing his job. That's he's just complaining part. about it. The funniest part to me is when he's in that mode. He's like, I just think it's bullshit that you know, she got promoted. 
hey, well, come on in. Like, come on in. Or, or, yeah. Like, he'll stop. Like, he's still making sure that, like, his and, job duties are covered. Yeah, and he'll still smile and put on a face and be like, yeah, just go right in there and they'll turn yeah. back around. Be like, he knows how many tables they've sold. He knows how many tables are available. So at least he, he might not tell that. Emmy that, but he's, you know, he knows. <laughs> so there's, he's still working. Like, that's the funny part is usually when people bitch about not getting the promotion, they stop doing their job efficiently. Yeah. He was they sit down and they say, why would I even want to do this? I don't need to be working right now because I don't get rewarded for my work. He didn't do any of that. No, he, he just wanted to complain. He's angrily doing his job well, which is yeah. so much better. Like, <laughs> it translated see, to TV so well. It did. But I am going to take it, since it's a finale, I'm getting very analytical because we have a whole season to work with. I'm going to take it to a little bit of a deeper level here and see if you agree with me. I feel like we've watched Joe this season kind of lose his foothold in the group and lose his foothold of kind of who he thought he was in the group. And he's watching relationships that he's had for a long time crumble. He's watching rifts being created in the group that he's not used to and then on top of that you know his safe zone has been republic and i think he's always seen this path for him where it's all right i talked to level last year i got this one promotion now i'm going to work up to agm or whatever the next step is i don't think that he foresaw all of these things happening in the span of one summer and i think that his mental state right now is just flat out overwhelmed with everything i think that this was more so not about the promotion. I don't think it was that much even about Emmy. I think it was about one of his friends overlapping him while he is seemingly spiraling. And I think that this is confirmation almost that it's like, wow, shit's not going well at all in any facet of my life. And this is kind of the highlight of that because the one place I have been able to control, which is Republic, because we've seen him, even when he's in deep shit, he shows up for work, he does a good job. So I think that now that his safe space has been rocked that boat's been rocked a little bit i think this was the final thing to send him down that spiral i i agree wholeheartedly and i'll even add one more thing to that one of his best friends is going to law school yeah he's moving on he's no longer going to be working there he's going to go try to achieve his dream and get into a career that can last him for the rest of his life and produce money for you know his entire family and stability stability and all of those things so he's watching that unfold in front of him which you know on its own is pretty tough to cope with throw in everything else that's been going on with Joe this year. Yeah, this makes a lot of sense. Yeah. That's that's kind of what I what I was reading on it, but moving on from there, we get Trevor and Maddie and I like instinctively cringe. I'm not a big cringer. I don't cringe a lot, except when you send me those shitty memes that, that are from a account. I haven't sent you any in a couple. No, you sent me a good one today. <laughs> the, I send you one that? from American Psycho. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That was a good one. <laughs> hey Paul, oh, it's cake. <laughs> <laughs> that was a Patrick Bateman joke. Yeah. Uh, if you got that. Um, anyway, Trevor and Maddie, and it's it's hard to watch because you do see that she's caught up in this thing, it, like entirely. She's completely consumed by it, just by the the verbiage and how she's talking and explaining. And she's like, you know, it's just so nice to be back in this house and have some clarity and stability. And it's like, well, you can't build stability on a shaky foundation. It makes no sense. And you guys. How can you trust him? Well, you can't, but he's also baiting you to say good things about the, the relationship and the house. Like, you wake up and the first thing he says is, Good to be back. Are you, are you happy to be back? Like, do you need that gratification yes, right now? he does. I know he does. And he also gets gratification, which is sick and twisted, out of watching Maddie 
bad talk her friends and feud and, with her friends. and feud with her friends. He loves that because, it, as we said before, and we've said this for the last six episodes at this point, it pushes her, it pushes Maddie closer to Trevor, and that's exactly what he wants because he wants that manipulation and control. And we watch this, and it's it's almost like the same scene over and over again. And I don't know. Like Bravo does it in a nice way where they're like, oh, he's, you know, we've got breakfast today and look at them. They're having a fun time and flirting. It's fucking sad. It is. Like all the, the shades are all drawn shut. It's dark in there. You're eating some weird like mismatch of fucking breakfast foods and watermelons. And you're like, oh, it's because this is kind of like a beach house. Like, no, you fucking live there. Yeah, that's your house. give a house. shit where you live. <laughs> like, that's your house. You should eat a normal breakfast. This isn't fun. This is weird. <laughs> but maybe it's just them. That, that's not, You know what? I don't want to bash those types of breakfasts <laughs> across the board. It's just them. They piss me off so much. They I really fucking do. hate these scenes. <laughs> because they like, like what am I? supposed to do sit here and be like you know what they are pretty good together they make, and look at the, end, sense. at the end of this episode i did say they're pretty good together it makes a lot of sense for a lot of different reasons though than it being a healthy relationship yeah, no i mean their relationship's about as healthy as what the fuck they had for breakfast that morning so <laughs> let's just move on anyway we get to brad and lucia tj and sammy and i'm curious if they're gonna bring sammy on as a friend of or if they're like i think they should i think she handled herself well I think that she provided a massive storyline this season, arguably the biggest storyline this season, other than Joe, Will, and Emmy. So, yeah, I think she's earned her, oh, what's a Charleston badge? You know, like, you yeah, get... Well, there's fucking houses that are all Beverly different Hills, colors. You get a diamond, you get a Salt Lake, you get a Snowflake, no. you get a peach in palm. Atlanta. What? Palm. Like a palm frond? I think yeah. that's reserved for Southern Charm. They've been around longer. Fair. What can we do for, for Soho? A martini. I, I, uh, we'll think on that one. Yeah, we'll, we'll think about that one. What's like the drink there? Is there like a special drink, like a rum punch or something down there? Charleston? I, I would imagine it would be something like, no, it, it's got to be classier than that. It's a little bit more bougie. I don't know. We'll think of something. Uh, uh, yeah, I don't know. Going down, we're going down a road that we don't Yeah, we'll get stuck understand. on this for too long. But anyway, we got Brad, Lucia, TJ, and Sammy. And they're talking about TJ, or sorry, Will's going away party. He's headed to law school, so it's also like a 4th of July party, but... We get to learn more about the phone call because we really haven't discussed the actual phone call. We've heard it. We've heard it from Maddie's phone. We haven't heard it from Sammy or anybody else, like really analyzing this thing. So as she tells us, you know, we, we saw a 30 second clip and it was a 20 minute conversation. And as she's walking through step by step of how this conversation went, and this is all a he said, she said, because we didn't get to hear the whole call. We got to hear snippets of it. So we're basing this off of the snippets, what Trevor's saying, and what Sammy's saying. But since I've seen Trevor enough on this show, and I think I got a pretty good read on him, what she's saying, I believe her 100%. The way Absolutely. that he's framing everything, where he's saying, she says, like, the whole point of this call was he was trying to get me to say, but we didn't make out. Like, it was very specific. And we've seen him guide Maddie through conversations. We've seen him say certain things, such as, are you happy to be home, which seems subtle, but that's forcing a positive reaction out of Maddie when it may not have been warranted. It's forcing feelings. We've also seen him try to drive a wedge in the friends. When he flies to Miami, that is such a manipulative move right there, but we find out that that was all planned, which is fucking bananas. We'll get there. But he guides conversations. This is how manipulators work. It's what they do, and that's exactly what he's doing in this conversation. Then he takes it another level, and this is emotional manipulation, and that's when you take it to a blame game where he says, you ruined my life. You ruined my life. He's putting the onus on her. Yeah, you owe it to me to answer these questions because it's been my life for the last couple of weeks with people questioning this. 
again, the thing that I keep coming back to, and even in this conversation, we don't get Sammy specifically saying, we did make out. Like, she, we still haven't gotten that confirmation. Right. But does it fucking matter? No, not that's really. Not at all, Because right? look, he still went out. Trevor went out, whether it's with his friends or not. He ended up at the end of the night with your number texting you after midnight. Yes. The fuck? Exactly. Could you imagine like being in a relationship and coming back and then being like, yeah, no, no, we didn't make out, but like I got her number and I was still texting her that night. That's not that big of a deal though, right? Like she's saying that we made out. That's what we should focus on right now. That's what's trying to drive a wedge between us. No, dude, you still, all signs point to you made out with her or at least tried to. Yeah. And like, here's the biggest caveat for this whole thing. If there was implicit trust in this relationship, unconditional where it has not been shaken, the foundation of this relationship has not been tested up until this point, and you want to take him at his word, okay, like, I wouldn't have as much of an issue with it if that was the case. This is a man with a past. He has a history of doing these things. So when he tells you initially, when you come back together the first time, and he says, I love you so much, you're my whole world, I'll do anything in the whole world just to make it work, I'll never make you sad again. And that's probably exactly what he sounded like. And then fast forward. I don't think he was crying. No, but fast forward to this moment right now. He should never put you in another position where you have to question anything, period. Because he fucked up already. I mean, it shouldn't, it should never be a situation where it's called into question, regardless if you're in a real relationship and you care about your partner and their feelings. You should never put yourself in that spot, regardless. However, if you are under the limelight because you were a dickhead in the past and cheated, you better make sure, make damn sure that you never leave any room for interpretation. That's fucking outrageous. Like, that's my, why I want to like scream at Maddie and be like, hey, like, wake up. You can't see how this is a fucking issue. This situation, regardless of making out, regardless with his past, plus this, your whole world has imploded. Your friends are gone. Your job's a shit show, or at least the show's making it look that way. Do you see the common denominator? This is a problem. And, like, this is why it gets so frustrating. (laughs) Well, yeah. I mean, it's easy to get frustrated about the whole thing. I still keep going back to, I think he probably could have gotten away with it. Oh, yeah. He made his own bed. He went back and decided to, well, actually, maybe not. I should probably rein that back in a little bit because we find out what we find out at the end of the episode. Yeah. So maybe it wasn't because I've talked about that before where I thought, you know, Maddie came back to you. And, yeah, she's going to bitch and complain about, like, you fucking talking to other girls as she that's, should, as she should, and you're gonna have to deal with that. But for all intents and purposes, it looks like you were kind of out of the woods there, and it looked weird that you went back to try to prove Sammy wrong or try to get her to say that she didn't hook up with you or that there was a lot more going on or that Brad set the whole thing up. None of that made any sense to me because it looked like you were in the clear. It you did. probably could have just moved on with your life and then you know, try to be a good boyfriend to Maddie, but it didn't work out that way. It didn't work out as we find out. Yeah, and that's why I'm reining it in a little bit because I'm wondering if this was just the plan the entire time. I I might have been. I don't know. But he ends the the conversation with Sammy saying with a threat, saying you have no idea what Maddie will do to you. So now he has tried to make her feel bad, tried to force a confession, and then threatened her. That's the man that you want to be with. And the funniest part is we find out. We don't have to, it's not like we're dropping this big bombshell. Maddie was on this call. So she's listening to this, probably smiling. Like, oh yeah, like I'll get you. Like, that's fucking weird. Like, this is too One of us did people. say a couple of weeks ago that maybe that's what she's into. Maybe she likes that. Uh, she like, she likes the chaos the and chaos. enjoys that and likes to live in it. But 
I mean, I don't think she does in her heart of hearts. I think in no, this like, toxic relationship, it probably feels good to like meet your partner on the same level of just bizarre actions. I don't know. I it's think hard it could have. Maybe that's maybe that would have been the answer. But watching it spill over to work, watching it spill over to your friendships, that's where it's like, okay, no, maybe you don't want this, and right. you're and you're questioning things, and you're walking away from things crying, and you're not being comforted by your boyfriend. He's greeting you with a smile because he thinks it's funny that you're crying already. Like that's the type of shit that's wild to me. Yep, but. Moving on, we get back to Republic, and there's the, they always have that pre-service meeting where they're talking about tables, how many tables we got tonight, and like shit like this, dude. Like, Emmy is just trying to do her fucking job at this point. How many tables do we have tonight? Joe just ignores her. He just sits on, the, on his clipboard and ignores her. The GM rolls his eyes in the corner and says, Joe, what do we got? And he's like, oh, uh, we have this table and this table and this table. What do you think the response is going to be to something like this? Like, oh... Joe really told Emmy, you're promoted. Like, wh- what do you want from this? Yeah, and this was already after, which <laughs> this is so fucking funny. I love this. We pointed this out last week. I think it was when Mia was with, what's her boyfriend's name? Um, Clive. Clive, yeah. <laughs> Mia and Clive. It's not. I don't know what it is. <laughs> and we were laughing about how Kevin? there's, there's I don't fucking know, dude. And there's already cameras in the bedroom, and you're like, all right, you got to wake up yeah. and act like. There was a camera in the bedroom when Joe was late to his meeting. I know. <laughs> She's the cameraman sitting there looking at him like, I wonder if he's going to wake oh, up. Oh, shit. I woke up late for the meeting. I don't really care about the meeting. Whatever. The cameraman's probably been there for an hour. Yeah. Like, what? He's been set up Get for back a in bed, Joe, and act like you're asleep. Rub your eyes a little bit. That was really funny to me. But I did love the one thing that Joe said when we got the little snippet of him and the GM sitting down talking about how Joe missed that meeting. He goes, yeah, I just thought it could have been an email. <laughs> like, Joe, I don't think you've worked in corporate America, so I don't think you can say that. But that is very true. A lot of meetings should be, should emails. be emails. That's my life. That's how I live. But I still have to go to the goddamn meetings or I get shit for it. Well, I thought that scene, and we already applauded the show for not forcing produced scenes. I thought that scene might have been fake. I, the GM's responses and reactions yeah, didn't seem that genuine to me. I, I don't I do know. I think that there was a conversation had like that. I don't know if that was the conversation. Maybe they replicated I it. I think at some point in time, yeah, because they had already referenced and a couple of the other people who work at Republic had referenced that Joe doesn't go to the meetings anyway. Oh, really? So it doesn't – like this was the one that put them over the edge. They're like, all right, he's really pissed off now well, because actually, he got the promotion. Yeah, of it probably did, on. yeah. But you could tell that it was – because he was wearing the same shirt. It was probably 10 minutes before that meeting. So he's still, he's still not answering Emmy while she's just trying to find out how many tables yeah. are available. Right after that meeting that he had with the GM and the oh, GM's yeah. there rolling I didn't even his eyes, think like, about that. that's really funny to me too. Like oh. he's just standing by it. Jesus, well, what are you doing, Joe? The the highlight for me was when they're outside. Like, how do you feel about the AGM promotion? Gila is, I didn't even know what an AGM was. I was like, fuck yeah, yeah, hell yeah, <laughs> don't change, don't ever change. But this is where we get a glimpse of what we've kind of seen this season and what a lot of people's issue with Joe has been is the the two-facedness because he claims to be so close with Will and Emmy and you know Will's his brother and Emmy's like a sister and all this stuff but he tells Maddie like oh she was gunning for your job all summer she's been talking shit about you all summer if we rewind the things that Emmy were saying were more in response to the friendship initially but once the friendship was pretty much gone it wasn't just Emmy. Everyone was talking about the fact that Maddie's not doing her job. There's also no fucking problem with the fact that Emmy's sitting there looking at Maddie not doing her job and saying, I see an opportunity. That's also There's very nothing true. wrong with that. Like, I don't. That's how you get promoted. Yeah, that's it worked. Guess what? She saw an opportunity and took it. And I, again, I think that this is the culmination of a shitty summer. And this is like just 
raw emotion at this point. I don't even know if he knows what he's saying or how he feels about all of this shit. I think it's just coming out in waves. And I do think it's like TJ said later. And why I love TJ so much on this show is that he's so one, he's not afraid to just say what he's thinking. Yeah. Like he'll flat out say it. And two, he's usually on the nose. It usually, and a lot of times it's like tough to hear for the person in the room, but he just, is like flat out says it. And he's like, you've been two faced this entire summer. Yep. Very true. And this is a moment which you see it because, or no, he says to him, I think that you're going to say whatever the person in front of you wants to hear. Yeah. And we have watched that every single episode, him go between Maddie and then the other friends in the group. We've seen it in the group text as well. He says he's trying to defend Maddie, but you scroll up a half an inch and it's him saying that she's like narcissistic or a psycho or something like that. So and it kind of spills over into the next scene with Emmy, Will, and Aria. And that's where we get that Joe was talking shit about their relationship, saying that, you know, the minute that Will goes to law school, like, they're not going to make it. And I can hear it. I know exactly how he said it. The way that he tries to frame it later, he's like, oh, I would never want you guys. I'm concerned because long distance is tough. I don't think so because he goes to a confessional and doubles down on it. And we know yeah. confessionals are later. And he's like, I just know how Will gets when he gets drunk. And it's like, this to me is a moment, man, where you're not the good guy. And you're trying to throw shade elsewhere to like put the villain hat on somebody else with Will, and it's it's not gonna play. I don't know. But I looked at it a little bit differently with Joe and the way that he's been acting, at least for the last two episodes. He is a people pleaser, and he does that all the time. And TJ hit the nail right on the head. But this episode, he wasn't. When people were going after him, he Strangely. wasn't immediately apologizing. He wasn't just saying what they wanted to hear. He was actually speaking his mind, which was interesting. Yeah, but was he? He was still his angry. Ruth, or was no? It he was just anger. Like being defensive. Yeah, it was. I think it was anger. I don't even think it was defensive. I think that he is just like what we already broke down earlier. He's had a hell of a summer. It was pretty rough, and in his mind, obviously, everything culminated when Emmy got the promotion. I imagine that he probably said the Will and Emmy are going to break up the night that Emmy got the promotion. That's okay. probably the night that we're referencing when Ari is back there talking about this. So, yeah, in the heat of the moment, he probably said something like that. But then when he sits down and does the confessional, it says to me that him and Will never squashed anything. So he's uh, still him and Will are still at odds. Okay, yeah, As long as they're sense. at odds, he's not going to say, you know what, I you know, put my foot in my mouth. I said something stupid when I was drunk or I said something stupid when I was angry about this. And I take all of it back. You know, they're my best friends and I want to see them happy, which okay. is what he kind of said to Emmy. He talks a little softer to her. Yeah. But when it comes to Will, he's not doing any of that. So that says to me that they're still at odds, or at least during the filming, they were still at odds. So that's why he doubled down on the confessional. Okay, I can I can get on board with that. That makes sense to me. But moving on, we get to Will's house with his mom, and he's getting ready to go to law school. He's got all this shit ordered. They're just kind of talking about logistics and things like that. And it gets to Joe and, you know, the issues that he's been having with him. And then he starts talking about things he's going to miss about Charleston, and he names people doesn't name Emmy and his mom's like, and Emmy is like, well, yeah, duh. And then he says a very interesting line. He says, I'm not going to let anyone hold me back. Now, this can mean a lot of things. Before I do my theory on this, because mine is a little bit more gentle because I do think that they love each other and I don't think that he wants out. So I want to hear what your take on this scene was. I don't think he wants out. I think at first I thought that production kind of fucked him a little bit on they that might one. have they might have but he still didn't say emmy to his mom to the point that his mom had to bring it up it was just odd to see him say i don't want anyone to hold or i don't i'm not going to let anything or anyone hold me back 
on the anything. He said anyone on the tales of forgetting to say Emmy. Like that, that was sort of my issue with that, where it's okay. Like you have to realize at this point the conversations on the show that you've had about your girlfriend, and that they're not great. Like awesome. your your one on one conversations with your parents, not super great, not not, not portrayed awesome. awesome, and you're saying things with confidence, very weird to see. I still think I I'm on your side. I still think that it, you know they're in love, and that's that's fine. I think that he's of this mentality right they're now. In love, and that's fine. Yeah, whatever, <laughs> yeah, if that's what you want. Um, <laughs> they're in love. That's fine. Anyway, <clears throat> but. I think he's of the mentality, and maybe maybe he's just fucking nervous. Maybe he's nervous to go away because he hadn't really gone anywhere. Now he's going to law school. He's finally doing what he said that he was going to do for a couple of years now. It's finally coming to a point that he's got to leave, and he has to be by himself, and maybe he's a little scared about that. So that's probably why he's just – maybe he's just talking himself up a little bit, saying, I'm not going to let anyone hold me back while I'm here because I need to go do my shit. That could be it if I'm being nice. So it leads me... Trying to be nice. Look, Will's not the villain of the show, so I'm not going to go after him. So this leads me into my theory, actually, very well. So well said. Here's my theory. Young William is, you know, an intelligent guy. I hate the way this is starting. He's a successful guy, right? He's probably the smartest guy in school. He's definitely the smartest guy at Republic, as he highlights later, which is funny. But here's what I think, genuinely, jokes aside. I think that... He's been in this weird transitional phase for a long time. And, you know, he's kind of played growing up with, with Emmy where they're both, you know, they're working at a bar, but now it's starting to get more serious for Emmy. She's got the AGM role. And I think that at the place in their life that they were last season at the end where Emmy's kind of pushing him to go to law school, like it's time for you to start your, your life. This is what you want. This is what we want. And it's okay if like that's what they both want. So I think that in this moment, what we're seeing now that's becoming real I think that Will is stepping into what he believes is like, okay, well, it's time for me to man up. Like, it's time for me to take my life by the reins, and I'm not going to let anything or anyone hold me back. I think this is almost bravado, where he's like, I'm forging my path in the world, and I'm not going to let anything or anybody. And I think in this moment, he he means Emmy as well, but I don't think it was like... I don't need her anymore. I think yeah, it wasn't like a so leave like, behind. Right. Yeah. It's more so like, I'm going to go do what the fuck I have to do. It's time for me to do that. And if our relationship is a casualty of this, like I have to do what's right for me in this moment to start my real life. And I think that that's what that was. And I think that it's probably, again, a culmination of a lot of things and conversations he's had with his dad. And I think if you look back at those conversations and frame it that way, the conversation with his dad, where it's like, ooh, that's not great. Like what you're saying about Emmy's not great. But if you look at it in the frame of like, he's been stalling for seven years, ever since he graduated college to go to law school. So I think that when I watch it in that light, I think that that makes sense to me where it's like, it's time for me to fucking move on, be a man, go out in the world, do my thing. And nothing's going to stop me. Yeah, that's a good point. We also aren't sure exactly what the relationship is between Will and his dad. True. He could have also seen... I know that there's dads out there that do this. You're don't let, you know, your girlfriend or your relationship be a weakness. You're finally going and doing this. So oh, like, I'm not going to bring up my dads? girlfriend in this. It could be. I don't fucking know. Well, just the hell do I know? Statement. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. You're the one. You said young William and then you like crossed your legs and got all like 
therapist-y. Yeah, I didn't like that. Any yeah. of that. I hated all of that. It was a... Uh, you also have a hole in your sock, and it's, like, pointing at me, so if you, whatever you can oh, do... Oh, my socks are... Yeah. You could call my socks Jesus with how holy they are. really fucking close to my knee. I'm going to have to move. You didn't hear my joke. What? I said you could call my socks Jesus with how holy they are. <laughs> it's who's this to you, pal. But... <clears throat> but we finally get to the party for Will, the Will party slash the 4th of July bash. We'll call it that. The, uh... The fourth will bash. Four will, fourth will. You're trying. I'm trying. I gotta give you. I gotta give you some credit. Okay, I'll take. I'll take what I can get. Yeah. But the first thing we have is Joe talking to TJ and Brad, and this is kind of where you get more of a read on where Joe is mentally. I think right now, for the first real time, we've seen hints of it. We haven't had a flat out conversation where he's like not doing great guys. And I think that this was it because he starts out, he's like, you know, Will laid into me. Like really let me have it. And Brad, and this is the, probably the two best people for him to talk to in this moment. Yeah, since definitely. Will and him on the outs. Cause these guys are going to tell you exactly what they're thinking. They're not trying to be dicks. They're just trying to let you know, like, Hey, you've been slipping. You've really been slipping lately. And that's what they both say. Like Brad's like, yeah, well-deserved dude. And even TJ, that's when we get like, I feel like you say whatever the person in front of you wants to hear. So this is all stuff that Joe needed to hear. And Brad finishes it well. He's like, dude, be a man, own it, and get your shit together. And I think that's what we all want. We want Joe to like, just get your shit together, dude. You're unraveling right now. And you're not going about it the right way. Like These are the guys you should probably surround yourself with right now. TJ, Brad, guys are going to tell you like it is, not jumping back and forth between people. But, you know. It is what it is, and we get to the party, and this is when Trevor arrives, and I just wrote, yay, in my book, and... I have a dumb question before we get started. Oh, fun. So, before the pool party, right? And it was a pool party. I guess it was raining. Doesn't it always seem to rain when they have events? I Yeah, it does, doesn't it? Isn't that weird? How about that? Isn't that weird? And Trevor's always there, too, when it rains. Well, when it rains, of course. <laughs> um, I don't even know if that's Dumb true. question. Here we go. The girls were putting on makeup and stuff. And Will asked Emmy if she was going to go in the pool, and she said, yeah. Yeah. How does makeup work in the pool? I'm 99.9% sure that in this day and age, they make water-resistant makeup. But, like, that much water-resistant? Like, water-resistant, you know, you go under water. That's different. What do you think they're doing? Scuba diving? They're not in the rain. They're in a house. Well, water resistant to me means like it's going to rain a little bit, but like my makeup's going to be cool. Not I'm going to go in the pool for a long period of time and go underwater. They're probably not. How many pool parties have you been to in your adult life? Genuinely, I'm not because you've probably been to a few. Probably more than 10, less than 20. Okay. Yeah. (laughs) Great number. How many of those parties were you submerged for more than a minute? What? Have you seen me in a pool? All the time, dude. You throw some rings at the bottom oh, well, of the pool, I'm different. fucking wait, wait, swimming. Wait. Yeah, well, I, you're fucking, I forgot about the pool guy. You, yeah. and, you and Kev. Yeah, dude. You pool boys. The pool boys. To? Oh, yeah. All right. Well, you're a dumb person to ask. You throw something at the bottom of the pool, I'm going to get it. Normal human beings that go to pool parties and they're adult. AKA losers. Okay, fine. That don't have fun in the pool. And you lounge in the pool. I don't You might do on. a funny cannonball, you know. Ah, oh, splash you guys. Maybe something. Yeah, that would be water resistant. If you get a little splash from the cannonball. No, if you water cannonball as well. If you wear a watch that is water resistant, can you go underwater? That is not the yeah. same thing as makeup. What do you mean? Not the same thing as makeup. What do you? If I, what are you defending right now? <laughs> Why are you so? Yeah. Water resistant watch can go underwater. Sure, dude. There, there's makeup that you can wear underwater. Okay, prove it. I guarantee Dev's got some shit upstairs. I'm about to go put it on and dunk my face. Be like, see, told you. Well, do like, it. 
if enough people respond to this, we'll make a video. Well, people will respond to it. Yeah. And I'll hear them out. Yeah. I don't want to hear you out. No. If you want to see me put makeup on and dunk my head and I prove this you. idiot wrong. I wouldn't trust you. You'll be there. Yeah. Still. Where were we? You derailed me with Trevor. This shit. Trevor arrived. Trevor arrived. With the rain. Yes. And so we get to a quick clip of Chi Lily, and this is why she's just great for the show. Uh, she's, you know, living her best life post Liam, um, and she's flirting with this dude, one of, I think, Joe's friends or somebody's friend is there. And she's flirting with him a little bit, and she just, she's having an evulsion. An evulsion. An evulsion, which should be a word. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good word. We do talk about it. We had one last week that definitely should be a word. Oh, um, you texted it to me. It was uh, degeneracy. That is a word. It is. That is a correct. Yeah, yeah that's a proper word. Um, no, but we, <laughs> that's a proper word. <laughs> we make up. Should I cross my legs when I say proper word? Like, yes, you did it's earlier? a proper yeah. word. Um, yeah, no. I, evolution. No, evolution. It's fine. It's good as is. No, it is. I'm just saying we should add another one. Evolution. Yeah, why not? Just make up more words. Let's just keep going. Well, I think Yeet's a dictionary. Dictionary now. Yeet is, yeah. Which is unfortunate. Me. But anyway, we so checked in. John, though. That's a great word. Ugh. I didn't like that. <laughs> Something just All came up. <laughs> we got a quick check in with Joe again, and this is where we hear flat out from, uh, he's talking to Maddie, and he, she's like, are you okay, Joe? He says, this is the least okay I've been in my life, which is alarming. And that's like, I don't know. I mean, I don't is know. Is that alarming or is that like, all right, you've, you've lived a pretty good life? <laughs> well, I, look, I'm not speaking from a, like what's happened. I'm speaking from more of like a mental standpoint. Like who am I to say like where his mental state is right now? Because like I'm watching. jealous. Like we watch this whole show. If that's the worst that he's ever been in his life. I mean, him. yeah, there's a lot of positives a lot. there. I'm just saying from a mental standpoint, it's hard to really know. That's all. I'm trying to be sympathetic here. Fair. But yeah, I mean, it's a pretty solid. You're <laughs> yeah, on yachts and stuff. Yeah. You're at like cool Your houses. Friends are a little mad at you. Yeah. And you're doing some dumb shit here and there. No, you'll, uh, hopefully you guys get there. I saw him like pictures of the reunion. They seem to all be vibing somewhat again. We'll, we'll see. I do think that he's going to have a rough reunion. I think he's going to be the, you have to have a target, especially reunion one. I think he's going to be patient zero. I don't I think Maddie should be patient zero. I think she'll get her fair heat too, but I think Joe... If he gets more than she does, that's insane to me. Well, here's the thing. Maddie, I don't see anybody reasoning with her and like changing her mind. I think if you go after Joe, you're going to catch him and get him caught up and he's going to... Maddie also broke up with Trevor before the reunion, so... It's going to be an interesting reunion. I'm excited for it, but this is when Brad makes the move of the season. He definitely gets like MVP of this episode for this move, like he brings Sammy to the party, which is messy as shit, and we fucking love it. Like that was such a great call. And I'm trying to read people now, and I knowing what I know now, it's a very different take on the scene. But when they walked in, I'm looking at people's body language, all that shit. I'm like, is Trevor panicking right now? Like, is he doing laps? Is he trying to like get Maddie out of the room? And lo and behold, none of that fucking matters because the funniest part is we've been hearing these two talk as though Brad and the rest of the group is conspiring against Trevor and Maddie. They have this elaborate plan to break them up. Like they care enough to do that. Again, I really want to emphasize that we talked about it last week. Understand what you're saying right now. That's a lot of time and effort to put into breaking up somebody's relationship just because you started a rumor last year. Like there's a lot of moving parts and that's like a, like a B uh, B roll B Lil, 
B-Lil. B-Lil. A B-roll, like, movie plot. Like, oh, we're going to come up with this master plan where you, like, make out and, like, don't actually make out. We're going to break up this relationship in Charleston. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah, it's really funny when you hear Brad talk about it, too, because Brad's saying, I thought we were done with all this bullshit. Yeah. Like, once he was vindicated when everybody realized that Maddie just completely made up the whole he dumpster was good. story. He's done. He's done. He was fine with that. And he knows that he's not close to Maddie. He knows that that friendship is probably never going to come back to him. And that's okay. He's accepted that. He didn't think that this was going to blow back up in his face for no fucking reason. Because Dumb and Dumber have a phone call. Yeah. Like, if you... They want peace. An illegal phone call. An illegal phone call. Why do you call? think they were so weird about it? But, like, that's the thing. Like, if you want peace, Maddie and Trevor... Shut the fuck up, guys. Yeah. Just shut up. Stop talking. There's a lot of people on Bravo right now that just need to simply shut the fuck up. These two are one of them. You brought this on yourself because you want vindication for something he probably did. I disagree. I think they should keep talking because this made for very good TV. <laughs> I'm saying in keep life. doing dumb shit. I'm just saying. I'm having a great time. But let's talk about Joe, Emmy, and Will first, and then we'll talk about this, this elaborate scheme that you know these two idiots cooked up, these idiots being Trevor and Maddie, but... Joe and Emmy have a conversation, and Emmy is pragmatic and approachable and trying to talk to her friend. Like, this is her friend who has been a huge dick to her. Like, if you really cared about her, then yeah. Like you said, could you be jealous about the promotion? Sure. Could you talk a little shit to your coworkers the day of? Yeah, okay, fine. You're feeling a certain way. Shit happens. The fact that you can't get over yourself and get out of your own way to support your friend and congratulate her, and at the very, like, very least, like, just... Be cool with it. Like, be cool with it so she's cool. That's a big problem, right? And the second part of it is you have been challenging their relationship for whatever reason this entire season. And I think that that is also reflective of where he is in his life. And it goes back to what you were saying. You know, Will's going to law school. Him and Emmy are solid. They they have a future. They have a plan. They have all these things, this, this idea of stability in their future and some certainties, I guess. I mean, obviously, there's still a lot of things that have to happen, but there's a path there. Joe's still trying to find his way. And I think that that's why he went on the offense and tried to talk shit about these two in their relationship. I think that it made him feel better, maybe, about where he was. What do you think? I I kind of have a question. I kind of want to ask you if you feel the same way. Okay. Who is Joe closer to, Will or Emmy? Because he refers to Emmy as his little sister. I think Will, at least last year, that's what it seemed like. Okay. I think he's close with Maddie, or sorry, Emmy as a product of his relationship with so, Will, but I'm not sure. Something came back up when Joe was talking in his confessional, referring to the night that him, Will, and O'Sheen went out, and Will was in the bathroom with that girl. Yeah. Is it conceivable to think... That Joe is pissed off that Will potentially cheated on Emmy in front of his eyes, and he didn't have the words or actions to kind of bring that situation to light. And so this and he's is pissed his off way about of it because he wants to defend Emmy, and he doesn't know how to do it. So I mean, that's maybe. why he went after the relationship. Maybe, but I also I don't know because that's I that's think... why I was I was wondering because if he's closer to Emmy and he sees her as a little sister and he saw Will do that. But it, it could make sense that he was trying to do that in his own Joe way. Maybe, but again, I think it comes back to whoever's in front of him. He's going to want to say the right thing to them. I get that, too. And he also went down the path, which didn't really make any sense. And this is what I was referencing earlier, where he wasn't just saying what Emmy wanted to hear. He wasn't just apologizing because Emmy had a very good point and kind of broke everything down very succinctly. He immediately goes on the offensive and says, you've been acting 
egotistical arrogant. and arrogant this entire summer, which we didn't really see. I mean, we saw her have drive and want to move up get in a her job and career. You know, move up in her career, which, you know, fucking sue me if that's what you want to do. But yeah, I, I mean, I didn't see any of that. So that didn't really make any sense to me. So if he had kind of broken it down a little bit differently, maybe I would have seen it a little different. But him going after Emmy after she just broke that down. And, and the other thing is the way that she posed the conversation with Joe, it gave Joe an out. It, it did. gave Joe a way to say, okay, yeah, no, I see what you're saying. I've had a really rough summer. I'm sorry. I didn't really know what I was doing. There's a lot of things going on, but I don't want to lose you guys as friends. That would have been enough because, I mean, even still, after he went through calling her arrogant the whole summer, they still essentially squashed it and gave each other a hug. Yeah, he apologizes and says, I'm projecting my yeah. frustrations. Now, I do love that Emmy ended the conversation with, you've got an uphill battle when it comes to Will, though. Yeah. You've got another thing coming when you go over Much there. So, bone to pick. Which is fair. And that's, I guess, where we're going to lead into right now. Yeah, and that's when we get to Will and Joe. And the one thing about Will is when he's lit, he's a little firecracker. He does not have conversations in contention well when he's drunk. He comes in immediately mad. And look, in this situation, he has every right to come into this conversation mad because, yeah, Joe's been talking shit behind your back for the entire summer been talking shit about your relationship, telling people that you're going to fail. Like, yeah, that would piss me off too. I would enter the conversation the same way. Nothing really gets accomplished here. And I think the biggest thing is Will is founded in his arguments with all of this. Like, let's take the, the cheating rumor aside, right? Like, that's out of this equation for now. He has every right to be as pissed off as he is. And that's why it's difficult with a drunk Will in this situation because no matter what Joe is going to say, I think that he's going to kind of go after him and not that we really didn't see Joe able to get a word in again, not that he should have been able to, like, I still think that Will's justified in all of his emotions here. It's just this timing to have the conversation, even as they're walking outside, Will's like, Oh yeah, let's talk, Joe. Let's talk, Joe, like kind of getting hyped up. So I think the timing of the conversation was shitty. It should have been probably had the next day. Um, but again, he's trying to squash it before Will leaves, but I definitely think that there's a way through here for these two. And I think that by squashing it with Emmy initially, he's going to have some support in this because I think Emmy knows how close these guys were and how important this friendship is to them. So she's going to advocate for them to squash it in some way, shape, or form. It's more so going to come down to, can Joe take accountability without going on the defensive? Can Will like trust him to not, you know, and I think this goes for everybody in the group when it comes to what, what Joe are we going to get next year? Can he figure out a way to prove to this group? And as Emmy says, actions speak louder than words. What are you going to do to prove to everybody that you're not going to go from me and talk shit to them about what I just told you? How do we know that like you are back in this circle of trust, if you will? Well, I mean, you can't really let him back into the circle of trust. and It's kind of a catch-22, honestly. Like, yeah. There's no way for him to prove that. And there's also no way for them to know without letting him back into the circle. So at some point, they're going to have to let him back in because, look, at the end of the day, Food and Bev, Food and Bev. they are a close-knit group. And Food they and start talking Ev. shit on everybody. Food and Bev for Ev. Yep. Yeah, good. That's a shirt. <laughs> that's a good shirt. Let's add it to the list. <laughs> that's, I mean, that's just, it's inevitable. You're going to come back next season. Everybody who's still at Republic is going to start talking shit on one or two different people. And there's going to be group chats. And you're going to go on trips. And it, it's just going to happen eventually. I just hope that Joe has learned from this season that you can't play both sides. You can't be a people pleaser. Do what's best for you. And maybe while you're at work, and obviously it's a lot of fun, whatever, 
keep your head down and work. Yeah. That's what you want. You want to go get that promotion. You want to do this and that and whatever. Then just do it. Yeah. Like it's not like don't look at other people as opponents. Look at them as your friends. Yeah. Nike. Because at the end of the day, if you do get promoted, they'll be happy for you. And then you're going to feel like shit because when other people got promoted, you were pissed off about it. Yep. So that's, you know, that's what's coming for you. But you do have to learn from everything that's going on. I, I don't know when it comes to having a conversation like this with Will. You already pointed out when he gets lit, he's, he is a little firecracker. But at the same time, that is a really good time to squash things. People are a little lit. It can go either way. I know. It it's either, either the way. best opportunity because it's either the most emotional bro talk. Yeah, that's what kind of what I was expecting. You know, too. the close fist bro hug. Yeah, that's what like, I wanted. Oh, man, I love. I wanted. You. I wanted that so bad because those are great moments. I think they could have gotten there if Joe didn't walk away. Nah, dude. I think that Will was going to keep. You think just so? Teeing off on him. Yeah, Maybe that's wishful. Which thinking. is fair because it that's is the fair. other thing. It's fair. I think. I don't know. I mean, you kind of have to have that conversation, especially after you have a conversation with Emmy and it ends well. Yeah. You get a little bit of oomph in your step and you're like, all right, I can I can handle this. I'll yeah. go talk to I'm him almost right there. now. I'm, I'm almost, almost there. there. Halfway there, baby. And then Will just absolutely crushes you. But yeah, I don't think they were ever going to get there that night. It could have gone either way and it went the wrong way. It went south. But yeah, I do look forward to that moment where they come back together and we get a, there's, there's Something to be said about a good bro hug. And you'll know it when you see it. If you're not sure what that is, it's a closed fist and you really, and you give them like two or three hard closed fist pats on the back. That's a bro hug. Well, we are, I assume we're going to get Will back next year because it is the summer. They do film. Yeah. And I think so that maybe the second half of the season he'll come back or. Yeah. But I think it also opens up an interesting opportunity if they can do it the right way of let's go visit Will at law school, like the last week of his semester or whatever. And then they come back to Charleston. I don't want to spend too much time at law school. I'm just saying. Yeah, it sounds boring. Well, it's going to be part of the show if he's still going to be on the show, unless he like takes on more of a friend of role, which I don't see that happening because he's a mainstay on the show right now. Yeah. I don't want to go to law school. No. And fuck that. Not, no, not oh. me personally. I meant like TV-wise. Oh. I don't, <laughs> I don't give a shit. Like, I don't, I don't, I'm not you can check in with him and just say, like, hear whatever. But I don't know. We don't need to be doing things. Not for an extended period. Never mind. I don't want to say it. Never mind. Let's get to. Nerds. What are you, yeah, school? weenie. Books? Yeah, what are you, seven years of college? You can read? Yeah. <laughs> Loser. Have you never heard of Google and Siri? There's <laughs> there's AI now. What do you need a calculator for? I guess you don't need a calculator. Do you need a calculator in law school? Is that the dumbest question ever asked? It depends on what kind of <laughs> law you're doing. <laughs> you're doing financial law, yes. Okay, cool. <laughs> nice. So I'm not dumb. Ah, <clears throat> uh, hmm. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to Caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at Caskers.com. <clears throat> Let's get to Sammy and Maddie. And the first interaction we saw with this was, I, I don't know how some of these people are so cool, calm, and collected in some of these moments. Because Maddie's tone as she's leading Sammy out of the house, I would have stopped dead in my tracks and been like, fuck you. Yeah. Like, I'm not following you anywhere. You're not going to talk to me. At the same time, Sammy probably saw it as an opportunity. Like, the cameras are going to be there. What if she does go crazy? The cameras yeah. are right there. This yeah. is a good opportunity for me to just look level-headed. And she did. And, like, but my whole point is just, like, impulse control. Like, I'm pretty mellow for the majority of my life until I go on a rant on here and my blood pressure spikes. Yeah. But 
uh, the tone, the tone that she was talking in, I was like, that's fucked up. I just thought it was really mean. But she leads her out of the house and shuts the door, and we get a phenomenal scene. I love this. She's talking mad shit through the glass. It's soundproof. You can't hear oh, yeah. a goddamn thing. That was the best. When Mia goes out to try to console Sammy and be like, what the fuck just happened? She locks him both was, out. Sammy was calm, cool, and collected. She's like, yeah, she just locked me out. I, I'm not wanted here. It's okay. It's not that big of a deal. No, no, you can come back in. Maddie screaming through the door and yelling and yelling, and you can't hear a thing. Which, by the way, great glass, Jamie. Yeah, nice job. Shout out Jamie with that house. Yeah, Thanks for having us there, pal. But great glass, couldn't hear a thing, and Mia's just pointing at her ears like, we, we, we have no idea what's going on. Yep. Sammy's just smiling. Like, at that point, and that's one of my favorite things, when somebody is very clearly crazy, there's nothing you can do about it. Mm-mm. You just kind of smile. Yeah. You just kind of laugh a little bit. Like, okay, this is what I'm competing with. Like, I I don't have to deal I with this no anymore. rebuttal. Everybody else, and that's the funny thing. Everybody knows this story. Everybody, even if you believe that Sammy and Brad were sitting there conniving and trying to set this whole thing up, and you see Maddie, like, losing her fucking lid like all of her friends were seeing, she still looks like the crazy one. Yep. You can't take it to that level. And while I'll agree... Leading her out of the house and locking her out is very, very funny. fucking funny. Very funny. Very funny move. Thereafter is the wrong move. Yes. You screaming through the door when they can't even hear you and then doing it again when Mia goes outside, stupid. It's like You very, look fucking nuts. But I, I was laughing too because she takes her outside and locks the door as if that's going, yep, you're out now. Yeah. It's a fucking See you later. house with a yard. I'm sure there's side doors. I'm sure they're taking it another step and like called an Uber and then led her that to the Uber and then sent her God. away. Call the Dude, cops. If she had had a conversation with Tell her, the cops, she's got drugs on her. That whoa. All right, I took it too far. <laughs> Sorry, guys. <laughs> I if there had been a moment where she stopped in like the foyer and foyer, yeah, you like that? You can cross your legs that time. No, don't, I did the foyer, <clears throat> and like she talked to her for like two or three minutes. And then goes, let's finish this conversation outside. Shuts the door as the Uber pulls up. That would have been great. That would have been good. That would have been good. Take notes, guys. If you're listening, take notes. That would be. Take her to an animal shelter. Well, I mean, I think when she's in the car, she can probably dictate where she wants to go. She has to get in the car. Why would she even get in that car? (laughs) (laughs) We actually have to have this conversation somewhere else. Meet me at the docks. But I can't stand to sit in an Uber with you. Yeah. Meet me at the docks at 0600. (laughs) But. This is where we get to find out about the craziest thing I've heard in a very long time. We find out that the majority of the last three episodes, all of the drama that Maddie has produced has been just that, produced. She was on this phone call with Trevor the whole time, which means she played Joe like a fucking fiddle. I'm glad that Joe didn't bite. I'm glad that he was like, this seems kind of fishy when he heard the phone call the first time. But she's sitting in front of him crying as though she just found out. She's crying. Like, that is so fucking manipulative to try to get Joe on your side. Not only that, take it back another step. The entire scene where Trevor and Maddie are sitting at lunch. Yeah. That's fake. Oh, for the camera. The conversation already happened. Think about that. They already sat in on the phone conversation. So Trevor's sitting there acting like he called her the other night while they were in Miami and got this whole thing going. No. Nice. It probably happens. You know what? Oh, no. It probably happens the night that he pulled up and picked her up. It happened before that. It happened before Miami? Before Miami. Miami. Were... That's my point, dude. She so knew even he was going th- to Miami. Oh, yeah. All through Miami because Grace Lily spilled the beans twice. Um, <laughs> Maddie. <laughs> Maddie. Shout shit, out. Trevor. Shout <laughs> out, G. Lily. <laughs> She's, Can dude, we call Maddie right now to try to figure out? I, I don't know what I'm saying. And she apologized. She goes, sorry, G. Lily. Don't ever yeah, change. Don't change. You're, You're great. great. But... This whole entire thing 
has been scripted by these two idiots. And that is terrifying, genuinely. And if you think that this is a good relationship, if you're willing to go to these lengths to prove a fucking point, because your boyfriend at the end of the day was still in a bad spot by his own doing. That's what's so crazy. That's what gets lost in all of this. You are in this position because of the position that Trevor was in. Whether they made out or not, there's a video of her reaching for him. And he said, oh, you grabbed my dick and laughing. Yep. If that happens and you're in a good relationship and someone does that, you say, yo, what the fuck? And turn around and walk the fuck away. Like the root of the issue here is not the crazy conspiracy that you think Brad has against you. The root of the issue will always and forever be your douchebag boyfriend that puts you in bad spots because he's an idiot. Nah, it's not anymore. She's just well, yeah. as bad. I agree. They're, because they, they're meant for each other. Well, yeah, and I'm actually sad they broke up. <laughs> because look, there's two crazy people. Let them go together and then we'll send them off somewhere. But do you think... They don't have to worry about it, other people getting involved. Do you think that that is actually Maddie? Because if you go yep. back and watch... And I don't know. Because I do. If you go back I do and now. watch before Trevor entered the picture. It, like Literally, go back to the episode that he rides up on a stupid fucking bike taxi. Although he can afford whatever house he's living in down there, driving a fucking bike taxi... Go back and watch when he enters, okay? She changes night and day from the first four episodes or whatever when Charlie comes back. I know what you're saying, and I understand it, and I appreciate the view. But you can't defend her actions. Fuck no. Yeah, you're right. Like, she doesn't deserve for us to have this conversation right. after what we just watched. No, I mean, it's I don't like it's scary. It. It's fucking as, scary. As funny as it was, and as much as I was cackling at the end of the episode, especially when they showed that graphic, it doesn't matter. Like, they... Did this for three episodes. They made up an entire story, more fake scenes, probably longer. Yeah. So let's say the entire second half of the season was completely fake from Maddie. Why would I forgive her for that? Yeah, you're right. You can't do fake shit on TV like that. Well, I mean, let's not go too far, but you can't do that. We see it all the time. It's called the real Southern hospitality. Nope. Right? No, I don't it's think not. so. Yeah, it's a it's reality TV. Okay, the real fakeality TV. Real it. Why TV? Yeah. There you um, go. But. I don't know. I mean, it, it, you're right. Like, there's a there's a big, big argument to be said for that, that at a certain point, you can't hide behind the toxic relationship anymore, especially when you come up. And I guess that is my biggest question. At what point are you watching this back or at the reunion? Or are you talking to a good, like an actual good friend of yours that knows you and say, yo, you put this whole plan together and you think that you're good? That's the problem with that. I don't think that she has friends that do that. That would check her. Like, I, do. I, I don't I know who that other girl was, the girl in the blue dress, but she was like rooting for her the entire oh, no. time. Yeah. She's fucking annoying. She doesn't need to come back on TV. And G Lily's just there. G Lily's you know, not. She doesn't know what mean. her role is really, but you know, she's happy to she's be there. She's not going to say anything mean. She's going to no. like try to keep people light and wavy, baby. But, but she's not going to have that real conversation with her. No, but you know who would? Is like TJ, Brad, Emmy, like the people that you've lost all the ones that would them, yeah. check you, and they're gone. TJ because probably of this. still could. I think TJ could probably TJ see could. through it. I think TJ because one, I don't think but like he she. Cares. She vindictively went after Brad, so like Brad shouldn't fucking do it. Fuck that. No, and he 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 shouldn't because of that lie that she yeah. created last year. But like, I guess that's where we get that weird boundary between show and real life, where it's like, at what point does a friend? forego like we're shooting a show and be like yo dude this is kind of fucked up like are you sure you're good because this kind of behavior is pretty crazy you came up with a plan that resulted in trevor flying to miami to surprise you in this car 
all stemming from this phone call that you two illegally recorded yeah. to get some kind of evidence that we still really didn't get. The vindication's not there. What and she said, she didn't say, Brad and I set this whole thing up. What she said that's was why she I would felt love bad to see, for being part of it. I'd love to see the two of them on that conversation because there's nothing there that says that Trevor was correct. There's Zero. nothing there that says that he was telling the truth or that Brad set anything up. We've yet to see not any of yet. Like, And Sammy's sitting there saying that she never said any of those things. We only saw a snippet of the conversation. Maddie's still sitting there saying it was a three-minute conversation, and she knows because she was on the phone. 20 minutes. But Sammy says that it was 20 minutes, which I believe. Confessional Maddie says it was 30 minutes. Yeah, so I, the whole thing is just fucking nuts. And it's one thing from the TV standpoint, like you were saying, if Maddie was sitting there laughing about it and it's like, okay, this was just a play and it's, you know, she wanted to do this for TV, I understand that to an extent. And it's like, okay, this isn't like a mental health thing going on right now. This is, you were just trying to do some shit for TV. I understand that. I get that, whatever. Don't do it again. No. Because that pisses me off. But I understand it. She was sitting there like maniacally laughing and screaming, and she looked unhinged. Like grabbed her to try to drag her back to talk to her boyfriend. Oh, you're not you're gonna talk to him? It's like, dude, stop. Why would I talk to him? He filmed me on conversation, like on the phone. Like, no, you both did. You fucking weirdo. Like, I'm probably gonna bounce now because I feel unsafe because you guys are gonna follow me home. Yeah, I, I just can't see anybody, and that's what's gonna be really interesting to see for the reunion. I can't see anybody coming to her defense. I don't. Th- I like, don't know there might be. I mean, Grace Lee, of course. Maybe somebody's going to have like a softer heart and say pretty much what we've said all season, where Trevor is completely say. yeah. But and now that they're broken up, she's trying to figure out and like fix her friendships or whatever. I think we're going to get a lot of that. I just don't know how anybody can sit there on those couches and defend her. I, I don't think you can, and I don't think that we're going to see a lot of that. I think, like you said, G Lily will jump in from time to time and just be like. No, she's good. Or like lay off of her. I think she'll like play that role, but I don't think anyone's going to have a lot to say in regards to now she was going through a lot. Like that's inherent. We got that. We understand that they were trying to be there for you. You mistook it for them conniving behind your back to try to break up your relationship. And in part, maybe they were because they didn't think that this was the best relationship for you. So that's fine. Yeah, and like it wasn't the good relationship. It's not like look what it resulted in. Yeah, like this is what it led you to this summer that you've had, which was a disaster from start to finish, alienated from your friends, not getting promoted at work. Again, we we're not going to say you weren't doing a good job because production could be framing it that you seemed like you were flaky when you actually weren't. We don't know. We don't have the the punch cards. But if this is how. You are now living your life as a result of this relationship to where you're coming up with elaborate villain schemes to get back at your friends. Like, that's not worth your time. <coughs> life is entirely too short to come up with wacky plans and execute it with your douchebag boyfriend. Agreed. But all in all, fucking phenomenal finale. I'm excited for their first reunion ever. I think they're going to bring it. That takes us to the question portion, and by the amount of questions we have this week compared to the last two weeks, you guys are buying in, and that brings me to another funny point. I was reading comments on the Sandoval video I posted yesterday. Yeah. So many people are saying in the comments, like, has anybody else started watching Soho? It's the new Vanderpump. It's this and that and this and that. Buzz. We have Buzz. We've been in the show since day one. We need Buzz. But we like Buzz. So We get paid by Soho. Soho pays my mortgage. (laughs) (laughs) Not really, but level, what's up? You want to pay my mortgage? We'll be on your payroll. From up first, Miranda E412, do you think Maddie is lying and trying to make up her own storyline? 
being that she wasn't actually on, I actually had this thought that she wasn't actually on the phone call with I Trevor. I had this thought immediately. Yeah, and she was just covering for him for whatever fucking reason. But watching Trevor, and this is your biggest thing with the body language, it it looked like she was telling the truth. Honestly, like Trevor was always around, but he was more curious to see what they were going to talk about than anything else. I think she was on the phone. Yeah, I do too, unfortunately. To answer your question, is she trying to make up her own storyline? I, I don't think that this was even storyline-centric. I don't think that thought crossed her mind. I think this was revenge. I think that's all this was because she felt slighted by her friends. From Lauren3D, do you think there should have been more episodes post-reveal of Maddie puppeteering? No. Nope. Nope. This was perfect. Absolutely perfect. That would go in the same, and again, we're doing the... the pick up the cameras again thing. Yeah, and we're also doing the Salt Lake um, parallels here, too, because, again, it's a great finale, and something that we talked about for so long finally came to a head, and it was great. Do you want cameras to pick up after Monica gets revealed as, you know, Reality what she was doing? No, I don't. It was perfect. It's a good ending, and then we go right to the reunion. Yeah, sometimes we can just leave it at, like, a semi-cliffhanger and just applaud it for a fucking great episode. From Fam 6 interesting. Is Joe Bradley the new Schwartz, and does that make Maddie the new Stassi or Dodie? Uh, no to Maddie, but is Joe Bradley like Schwartz? No. No, that's so mean. No, 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 not not in that in a lot of different regards. I'm more saying where he's the people pleaser and kind of gets caught in the middle and plays tries to just play both sides. That we do see. But yeah, I guess what you're saying, it all encompassing Schwartz, no, not at all. Yeah, no. The middleman kind of kind of. Um it's still I mean, it's still so early. You can't That's also true too. I don't know. We're only we got that's the funny thing, because we've only got two seasons to work with. We've seen drastically different people from season one to season two in some of these characters. So like it's a 50, 50 chance that they're one way or the other. We don't know yet, but from golden midge, how on earth does Maddie come back? No credibility attempted to put hands on Sammy. Uh, well, I mean, she's obviously going to come back because she broke up with Trevor. I think if her and Trevor were still together, we might not see Maddie next year because people Uh, would still bring themselves. But like, I guess if she still works there, you can always bring her back. I'm just thinking about who actually wants to film with her after seeing something like that. She could have her, I guess, redemption arc over the next couple of months and until now before the season picks back up again. So I I think you bring her back regardless. I think either way you bring her back. I mean, she was good for two. You can't argue about anything this season, honestly. Like, they did a great job. The only question mark who is a character that we really like on this show is Mia. Just like, where does she fit in now is kind of the big She's going to have to come back and work there. In some capacity, right? Like, that's what I'm thinking. I just don't see, like, she's great. She really is. But how does she fit with this group now? And if she doesn't, then, again, like, we don't really want to see people who aren't working there. Like, that's the problem. Like, when we see Mia things, great for her, but it doesn't do anything for the show for me. Exactly. It's like, oh, cool. Awesome. We're happy for you. But what's the implications on the rest of the group? From Oh, I like this one a lot. From Carberry Vodka. Interesting name. What happened with Mikkel and Maddie for him to come clean to Bradley about Blowjob Alley? I don't know, because we didn't get enough Mikkel. We uh, got no Mikkel. We didn't get enough Mikkel, which is unfortunate because we love Mikkel. I will say, from seeing his Instagram, I think that he's been having... 
I think he's been doing a lot of soul searching this past year. And I saw a thing where he wasn't drinking and we saw that on the show and there, he did like a 30 day retreat, um, for his church. Like, I think he's really trying to get his life centered and on a, a path that he likes. So while we love Mikel on our screens, I'm happy for him that he's taking care of himself, and hopefully that leads to more Mikel next year, a happier Mikel. Yeah, I think at the end of the day, we still have a lot of people on this show that are friends with Mikel. Yeah, so the door's still open. Yeah, so at the very least, even if maybe him not being on the show is good for whatever he's trying to do with his life, he can still pop in and out and do what he was doing. I just want a little more frequency, because every time that he's on screen, it's great. He's always always saying, he always has an opinion about something that we usually agree with. And he always furthers the storyline a little bit more. So we. I like him the most because he can adjust his point of view when presented with new evidence. Like when he learns something new, such as like he sees the video of Trevor and that girl reaching for his crotch. He's like, oh man. And his entire view flips. So my answer to your question, Carberry Vodka, is I think that they have seen Maddie push away from the group and be an asshole to a lot of them and shut them off and shut herself off. And I think that whatever loyalty he had in, I need to stand up for my girl. I think that went out the window because he saw Brad getting slighted and now Brad brought it to his attention. I think that it takes a man to step up and it takes a good friend to step up in that moment with Brad and be like, Hey man, this is why I did it. And I'm sorry. So I think it was more so his friendship with Maddie not being a hundred percent anymore. And also his friendship with Bradley. He wanted to honor that and just come clean. One more. Last one from Karina D no question, but just got tickets for the Boston show for me and my husband. Yay. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Is he a Bravo fan or is he just going to support his wife? I don't know. I'm not asking you. Yeah. But are you going to get an answer? Probably. Karina, if you hear this, okay, there you go. Please yeah. let me know if you're if he's a fellow Brav Bro or if, if we need to convert him when he comes to the show, because then I have an agenda. Church of the Brav Bros, we yeah, gotta convert. Welcome to <laughs> well, man, the Father, the Son, the Grand Dom. Stop nah, making can... it about Potomac. Nobody gives a shit about the Potomac. Andy, the Cohen, the Grand, the Dom. Nobody cares about. And you do Stop one doing it. It would, oh. it would it would probably just be a but it would be four Rabha, Roslick, Roa, and Rom. There you go. Wow. There you go. I feel good. Yeah, okay. I feel good. I don't but that's a quick reminder to buy tickets to our live shows coming up. We got one March sixth that is damn near sold out. We had a massive push this last week. Uh so if you haven't gotten your tickets for that yet, please go get them now. It uh we're less than two weeks away, right? Like two, weeks, two weeks well it'll be 13 days when this episode drops yeah so get those tickets now it's a wednesday night city winery philadelphia after that we will be in dc on may 3rd at the union stage so make sure you go get your tickets there so we can come down and maybe talk a little bit of potomac since we're in the area much to shooter chagrin but i'll bring it up at some point yeah. maybe we'll have a couple of guests i don't know and then our last one is boston on june 14th Correct. June 14th, City Winery, Boston. That is a smaller venue. Okay, that is a 70-seat venue. So if you're planning on going to Boston, you might want to jump on it sooner than later. Those tickets will sell quick, and we don't want you guys to be locked out of the show. Correct. Although, it will try to sneak you in the back. Yeah, we'll get a little standing room. Yeah, I don't really care. (laughs) (laughs) I'll open the door. You can sneak right in. No, buy a ticket. Come out, hang out with the bros. Get a ticket to all three. Prove that you were there at all three. And we'll have a prize waiting for you in Boston. We don't know what it is yet, 
but if you can come to all three, we'll give you a prize. We have to have multiple in case we get multiples. If we get multiple, multiple, that is multiple comma, multiple showgoers, multiple, multiple showgoers. Yeah. This is how you end the show, baby. Yeah, it is. You'll get a prize. You'll get a prize. It's like Oprah. Everyone gets a prize. You got anything else? No. Rob Bros are out of here. 